0: Welcome in. Thanks for joining us once again on the Red Rock Sports Podcast. You can find us on Twitter at Red Rock Sports One. It is Tuesday, October 19th. I am your host, Jared All. alongside me, as always, Connor Holskamp. Yeah, hello. Producer for the show, Nick Sopris. Go. Feels good to get going. The three of us feeling it, you know, three shows in a row now. And guess what, guys? You're
1: you watch. Probably. Yeah, you're going to jinx it.
0: <laughs> but if you get COVID, don't be coming up in here, dude. You can't get saying. COVID
2: if you don't get tested. I'll leave it at That's, that. Oh, <laughs> you can't
0: like get COVID it. if you don't leave the house. That's pretty much my philosophy. I don't like going places.
2: This is as far as I go Especially out. with the weather. You know what I mean? Oh, cl- see, I, this is what I love. There?
0: This is when I'm actually like prone to go out. A little light jacket and a beanie Ooh. on. Oh, it's great weather. A little
1: down. Want to see my breath? Yeah. Yeah, you got to... And the beanie works great with the bald head. Yeah, you know? I don't
0: go many places without a beanie. True. See, most of uh, us have
1: a, a beanie, as it were, with, yeah. with our hair. Uh, you, it's
0: it's probably one of the things you don't think about, like <laughs> yeah, most normal people, that and and sweating. When you sweat on your head with no hair, there's nothing to stop it from just pouring down your face. <laughs> that and I so, bet if, if
2: you shaved your beard, I bet you all of a sudden you'd be like, wow, it's 10 degrees colder. Yeah, probably. That's, I, I think it compensates, right? <laughs> it keeps
0: my face a little bit warm since my head's cold. Absolutely. But like, even like 60 degree weather, I'm walking around with a beanie because, really. you know, you just get a little chill sometimes. It's good to be know? ready. Yeah. yeah. Plus, it fits in a back pocket nice. It's great. It works. Okay, on to some sports talk. We have actually a lot of sports to discuss because everything's finally kicking up. Hockey started up last week. We got the Nuggets starting tomorrow Let's the go. 20th, their first game of the season. And and we obviously have to talk some Broncos because, dear Lord, what is happening to this season, right? Uh, but first, I do want to start with the Nuggets, guys. Um, as I mentioned, they start up tomorrow uh, Wednesday the 20th and I think it's the suns correct correct. That they, that uh, is correct they they play so um we talked a little bit in bits and pieces about you know kind of our expectations for this team for this season but I kind of want to start out talking about the early portion of this season and just how important it is for the nuggets to start out strong is it important do you guys think it's important that they get out to a strong start not something they've really done necessarily in the past?
1: Yeah, you know, I I don't well they they haven't they, it's been a mixed bag. Last year they did lose four in a row to start and you know, I think it, co- it you know, it cost them kind of down the road in, in in terms of seating, but you know, I don't I don't actually think it's that important to to be honest for the Nuggets to to have a great start. And the reason being is I think the objective for this season is stay in the mix, stay in striking distance and hope to God that Jamal Murray comes back in March and helps lift this team to a deep playoff run. That that'd be my take.
2: Yeah, I mean, when I look at the schedule, you see the fur of the first six games, three are against teams that did not make the playoffs last year. Um pretty winnable games. I'd be curious to see how they play tomorrow. Nice thing is they've had an entire training camp without Jamal. You at least have some familiarity there. So and I think the Jamal Murray situation is
0: what makes me think that this is important for the Nuggets to start off strong. Now, is it like a make or break if they they're they're done if they don't start out you know uh, on a nice streak to start out the season? No, but I think it's important to you spend a lot of money on guys that are going to be on the court this year. A lot of money. Um, you obviously are missing a leadership piece in Jamal Murray. So how does this team respond, how they come out? And I think starting out strong can kind of build that confidence within themselves that they, hey, they can compete at the top level. I know they know that. I know this is professional. These guys are superstars, but I do think there's a mental aspect to that in a team that's missing one of the, not only their best key players, but their biggest leader on the court.
2: You know the nice thing for the Nugs is is they're not like the Cleveland Browns where they have new expectations. Where hey, we did really well last year. It's expected. we call that new money, <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> and so the nice thing is is they've had a year with these expectations already. This year they know they're good. No Jamal, they just got to float. Um, not to say they can't play well without him, but they should be in a pretty good spot. I'm excited.
1: Yeah, no, it should be it should be good. Now uh, we did see. I know you guys. You guys probably saw this. Some of our listeners probably saw this by now. But uh, this last weekend, in, in one of the Nuggets practices, they had a poor practice where the reserves actually beat the starters in a scrimmage. And Malone, <laughs> Malone was not happy about this, to say the least. I encourage you to go look look up the exact quote, but because I don't think it was a soundbite. It was just a quote reported through. Uh, the newspaper, but he put the team on blast. He, he was not happy. He was, he was calling out players by name, Monte Morris, Faku, Compazzo. Um, he, he basically called out the entire guards room, <laughs> just, just calls them out, put them on blast. Said we are a very quiet group. Very, very, very quiet group. We have no communication except for when we want to bitch and complain to the officials, <laughs> which nobody has a problem doing. We're a bad team right Sam. now. Um, so, hey, I mean, to your point, Jared, I guess, I guess it's important that the Nuggets don't get behind, right? I don't, I don't think it's going to bode well for the Nuggets if they just go on this 10-game, you know, where they're maybe losing seven of those or something. Like, that would not be good. You don't want to get yourself into a hole. And then you maybe start seeing some of these. You see, look, I don't... Look, the fractures. Right. I don't put too much into this, right? It's a preseason practice. I mean, he, to, to be honest, it's more of just a, a kind of a, a headline-worthy quote because it's just hilarious that Michael Malone is just so pissed off that he is just calling people out. Um, so so I think it, it's more just kind of something to talk about. But that being said, when you have something like that maybe bubbling below the surface, if you start off really poorly, it could end up being a little bit more than just nothing, Right. So I, I don't know. It's, it was interesting. I, one more thing about that. Uh, Michael Malone had talked about Nikola Jokic. And this is the, in the same uh, in, interview. And he says, and, and I quote, he was talking about what Nikola Jokic said to his teammates, calling his own teammates out. And Nikola reportedly said, Guys, we are bad. We're just running up and down. We're not doing anything. We don't know our plays. We're not playing our defense. We're going to get our ass kicked on Wednesday.
0: Soaps? Do you have any conspiracy theory music? Yeah, I got a little bit. Let me pull it up here. It's conspiracy theory time, okay, guys. <laughs> Here's what's happening. Okay, Michael Malone understands his team. He knows his team. He knows his superstar and Jokic, and how he's gonna get this to uh, motivate this team, get them fired up for the beginning of the season. He sits him down, brings him in his office, and says, "Hey, we need we need some fire. I need to I need to build some sort of drama." So. Pick a practice. We're going to find this. This is the practice right here, and we're going to have a moment. We're going to announce it out, and everyone in, we're going to start the season. This is what's going to get them on fire. It works. Coaches know what they're doing. He's getting to his team. This is totally manufactured by Michael Malone because he knows he needs to get these starters who wouldn't be starters and won't be starters once Jamal Murray is back. He needs to get them fired up and ready to take the lead
2: on this team. How do we feel about that, Connor?
1: (laughs) Hey, it's, it's not... The worst conspiracy that you've thought of. Actually, to be honest, we have seen Michael Malone do this in the past, right? We actually saw it in the playoffs last year against Portland uh, after I was on to something. After yeah, exactly. A, after a very poor game where the Nuggets got blown out in Portland. I think it was game three, possibly. I, I can't I honestly can't remember what game it was. The Nuggets get blown out. They'll obviously go on to win that series. And he did the same type of thing. I mean, he, he put the team on blast after that, said this was just a, a poor showing. We we didn't know what we were doing. I mean, what a miserable performance, blah, blah, blah. Uh, so, yeah, this is in the Michael Malone playbook. It is known to be in his playbook. And I think there could be a little of that going on. A little out, bit. Out of all the attempts I've had so far, I was bound to hit on one. <laughs> yeah. Actually hey, happened. hey, I'll, I'll actually put on the tinfoil cap <laughs> with you on this one, Jared. Uh, 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 what, what do
2: you think about that one, Nick? You think that's... Yeah, I don't really put too much stock into it. Nah. I think that's how he coaches. I, um, it, it's hard to say. They got a big – you would hate to call it a big game, but you know they got, they got killed by the Suns last year. Again, granted, a lot of injuries, whatever, what have you. It just kind of depends on how they come out. I think, he, I think he hates starting off as poorly as he started off, so that's probably where it's from. All right, one more quote from Michael Malone from this, this interview. Yeah, I got, I got one more for you. Just, to, just so you know, we are literally talking about practice right now.
1: Wait, we're talking about practice. <laughs> we should have gotten that. We're I don't know if we're literally
2: you can even talking get about drop
0: anymore if that's like yeah. if you, if you, do we have to pay out a person.
1: I don't know. We have to talk to our lawyers. Exactly. Don't <laughs> they don't let you do anything on this show. I shit. know. I know. Uh, so this is Malone speaking about Jokic, Murray and others holding each other accountable. So he said, "Guys, have the courage to talk honest and freely but we also need the willingness to accept it without being so damn sensitive and everybody's just so damn sensitive hopefully we can grow up in that area now that i believe is fact
0: i that is like one of the best quotes like can we just get all children can we put this like in schools okay (laughs) this
1: is how we need our society to act we we can't put that in schools you know why because we're so all damn so damn, damn sensitive. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. No, was, I mean, it, it, obviously he was fired up. It was not a good practice. He Jokic was fired up. He, you know, he's putting people on blast. So, I would love to see the Nuggets come out here and at least put a pretty good showing up. It, you know, on, on Wednesday against the Suns, which, depending on when you're listening to this, it may or may not have already happened yet. I am really interested to see in this Wednesday game against the Suns a question that I asked producer Nick over here last week. I asked him, Does Bones Highland play in the game? And he said no. And I generally agreed with him. I think Michael Malone's past tendency to not play rookies, to not want to stick through the growing pains early on in their careers, right? That is kind of how he's gone. But with that said, I think I'm changing my tune a little bit here. I think we will see Bones Highland tomorrow albeit probably five eight minutes. I don't think it's going to be much, but the more I'm looking at this rotation and the more I'm reading about these different predictions and stuff. I think bones Highland might actually get a shot this year to to play and kind of break that mold. So I don't know. Are you still thinking he's not going to play
2: Nick? I don't know. You you called me afterwards and said that it sounds like he's going to get some playing time. I'll be interested to see how much if any Um, based on what you're telling me. It sounds like a yes. Um, So it'd be good. It's good for him. Big game, good team. They got the Spurs and then the Cavs. So if he was going to play, you'd think it would be more in that type of role. The season's so new. Circling back to what you had said, I had just one last thought was at least we know that Jokic is going to come out and play. You know, the leader of the team is going to come out, fire it up, leader going to get into his guys. So I'm excited for that. Maybe Bones is that spark we need. Who knows? It's too early.
0: And I think that's a good good topic to kind of lead to of, you know, we know Jokic is going to come in and he's going to be who he is. And you're missing Jamal Murray. Who is that guy? Who is the guy the Nuggets need to look to? Is it is it Michael Porter Jr.? Is it somebody else? Uh, Will Barton maybe? Who would you say, Connor, is that guy you need to see step up for the Nuggets to be, you know, what we think
1: they can be this year? Uh, you know, I think MPJ is the easy answer. And obviously – you paid him a max deal, you are expecting him to step up and yeah. make those plays. I'm going to go with, though, for the for the sake of discussion, because I, mean, I do think that's the easy answer, right? Sure. But I also think that that is expected. I think if he doesn't take a step, like a major yeah. step up again, it's going to be and a disappointment. Maybe that's a better way to ask that question. Who's going to be that guy that makes that jump
0: to take on a little bit more of that role? That's maybe a better See, way. Yeah,
1: to I, and the way that I'm thinking of it, in terms of when you put it like that, I am looking at two people in particular. I'm looking at Will Barton, and I'm looking at Aaron Gordon. And the re- the reason is, I want to see Will Barton put together a healthy season, which it seems like he is. I mean, this was his first preseason Don't say it. Don't basketball. say it. Don't say it. Yeah, why where, would you do that? <laughs> what, am I am I turning into Jared the Jinx over here? <laughs> <laughs> You're All right, have to, man. But, but I want to. I want to. I, I am hopeful that it, that we can see a healthy season. I would love to see a healthy season from Will Barton and see what he can actually do, especially in a year. When he's actually going to be relied on to... To do what he wants to do, to to play that style of basketball where he needs to score, he needs to put the ball in the hoop. He is a professional hoop getter, Jared. Don't you forget it. Jared is a Will Barton hater over here, certified. Although mm-hmm. I think we are converting him to the, slowly. Like, this season could really make a break me for Jared. So, so I
0: really want to. I really <laughs> if, if he gets his moment here and doesn't come through, mm, it's oh, gonna be hard. Jared will crucify be him.
1: Yeah. So so I I like to I, I look to Will Barton. I want to see him step up in a in a healthy Role and score the basketball. And then I really want to see Aaron Gordon, who had 20 double-doubles the year before he came over to the Nuggets. And then last year, with the Nuggets and the Magic uh, combined season, had three double-doubles. And so I would really like to see him, and I think he will. I, th- I really do think that he will have a bounce-back year, whereas last year, a three-double-double double season, that is that is not what you're looking for out of this guy. I am, I would like to see him approach back to that, you know... Uh, 8, 10, 12 range, something like that. I would like to see him be averaging more like 6, 7 rebounds a game. So, you know, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to hope. But I think one more year, just feeling more comfortable. By all accounts, he is a very motivated player. He loves Denver. He wants to be here in this winning culture. I'm really curious to see what he does in his second year, too. And I think both of those players are going to be key to how the Nuggets will go this year, other than the obvious MPJ.
2: For me... It's Monte Morris. Ooh, Jamal Murray's out. He's been around for a couple years. Knows the offense. Knows Michael Malone. Is expecting a lot from him with him gone. Don't call him Mike. (laughs) Good passer. Knows how to make the right play. Not too flashy. My kind of player. Can shoot the rock somewhat. Not the best shooter, but uh, picks his spots. I think that's who you kind of turn to in a moment where you need some leadership. You need someone that can actually facilitate the offense. Um, Not that the Nuggets are a set team, but they definitely run their offense and their sets through Jokic. So being able to set that up MP Bay, complete gunner Gordon Moore, it'll, it'll be interesting to see now that he's had six, seven months with the team to see how he integrates. So that would be my second player, Aaron Gordon. And and I think Monte Morris, um, for him, this is kind of a one of those years you play for your contract, but certainly you you have the chance to elevate those stats. So,
0: and he's a guy in the past that's come off the bench for the Nuggets exactly. and, and will be relied upon. I think at least a lot more early. It, it may not be long term, but he'll be relied upon as a starter. And that's, so, for him to kind of take on that role, leading that starting offense, and something you brought up is is the pick and roll game with with Jokic, and that's something that uh, you know uh, Jamal Murray did so well. So, something that I think is key for the Nuggets.
1: Yeah, I think it'll be interesting to see too as the year goes on and and who it'll be interesting to see w- when we're eventually hopefully having the discussion about Jamal Murray coming back. It'll be interesting to see if you might consider st- you know starting Monte Morris and actually moving Will Barton to a bench role. I know that's not where he wants to be. He has let us know. He has let everybody know that. But it'd be interesting cuz I think I think ideally in, in an ideal world, I think Jamal Murray play it is more of a natural fit for a two guard Thanks. rather than a point guard wouldn't you agree with that I, Nick I or no think. do you think I'm way off base there
2: I don't think you're way off base I think the nice thing about the NBA and the league today is people play multiple positions That's true I think Monte Morris is more of a true point guard. I definitely, definitely don't think Will Barton's a point guard. So, no.
1: So, so I mean, I I think in a perfect world, you might consider having a Monte Morris with Jamal Murray or even a Bones Highland if he can step it up. But that's a lot to ask for a yeah. kid in his rookie well, year. Well, I I'm know we're talking way that. down
0: the road here, but I, I like what you're saying because when you put a guy like Will Barton on the bench, it allows you to not have to rely on Jamal Murray for long periods of time coming back from this injury. You can kind of work him back in it. And the sub you're bringing in early is Will Barton to get him on the court still with the starters as well. And they've
1: certainly talked about easing in Jamal Murray. And so, hey, back to your original question here. It's another thing to consider when you're asking about how important is it for the Nuggets to get off to a good start you don't want to be in a position where you are having to fight for a playoff position by the time he comes back. And then all this pressure is on Jamal Murray. Like all of a sudden he's going to be the savior of your season. Well, you know not, what I mean? It's
2: not like Murray's just going to come back off an ACL injury no, and all not. of a sudden be gunning like, threes. I right, mean, right.
1: Right. 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 And, and I think, I think that's, but, but, but I do think that's the pressure that would be put on him. That would, that is what the sure. fan base will be asking of him. If the nuggets are fighting for a playoff like, spot, when you he could comes be back sitting in the third seed, yeah. Or if he can seed, be third, then... fourth, fifth seed, like, playing good basketball. Then he comes back in and it, it just allows you uh, uh, some less pressure on his shoulders to just kind of ease him in because two, we know how competitive of a player Jamal Murray is. He's he's so competitive. And if he feels like he needs to do more than, than what is being asked of him, you know, because he wants to get us into the playoffs or move us up a spot, you, you, you never know what that does to him and his, his comeback either. So, I mean, he might press it a little bit too hard, try and do some things, but I don't know. This is way off down the line. I I do think though that you know I'm I, I think I've uh, come around full circle here, Jared. <laughs> I think I'm going to actually say it is important that they get off to a good start. I'm just going to define good start meaning it doesn't matter if they rip off a, a you know eight of ten games or something.
2: I think the reality is the Nuggets are going to play well. They're going to end up being top four, top five seed. Jokic is too good for them not to to win games. The the issue is how much mileage and, and gas do you burn out of Jokic's tank before the se- before the playoffs start because we've seen it time and time again uh, twice but where they play him all throughout the season heavy minutes and then it gets portland what was it triple overtime you know you you've got him in there for 15 20 minutes and not that anybody can handle that i think very few players could handle it but you just don't want – you want him coming into the playoffs fresh. I think that, that needs to be and sort of where the Nuggets are at mentally is is keeping their best guys ready for the playoffs.
0: Yeah, and how, how important is it to start off hot, right? Like I, I do think it's important, say, you know, come beginning of the year, we're talking about the Nuggets in a good position coming out of the start of the season, but – is it worth it at the cost of overworking Jokic or is it worth trying to find that balance, finding those pieces that can spell him a little bit? Is that a bowl-bowl that can get on the court a little bit this year for the Nuggets? Is that going smaller? How do you make that work? Maybe that takes a little time to figure out and that might be worth it to be able to be in a position as you're as you're nearing the end of the season with a better plan of allowing Jokic to be a star in the playoffs for you.
1: Yeah, and it, that's an interesting point that you guys bring up here because the Nuggets don't have a traditional backup center on the roster right now. Right. I mean, that's something I could definitely see the Nuggets potentially. Ma- I don't think, I think they learned their lesson last year. I don't think they're going to be going out trading assets to go get a JaVale McGee type. Right. Right. But I definitely could see them trying to snack up, you know, snack, snack up. Uh snag up, you know, they're trying trying to get a, a traditional center to kind of spell Jokic cuz Bull, Bull, like you said and and I am so interested to see if That's Bull Bull the que-
2: that's the question mark I guess is is how much does he or does he not play.
1: Exactly. And I'm I mean this is his contract here. It's put up or shut up for Bull, Bull. A fan favorite, everyone loves him. I mean, it is a put up or shut up year for Bull Bull because if he does not get his way into the lineup, that's it. Okay, I'm, I'm gonna
0: I'm gonna throw a question out there, kind of off of that. Uh, pick one guy, one player that at the end of the year, whether for good or for bad, you are surprised. The guy that's gonna surprise us the most, we will be the most surprised about this player at the end of the year.
2: What player will we be? Just like in regards to.
0: Best because they outperformed the expectations because they were such a letdown on the contract that they got because
2: they didn't make their way onto the court. My heart wants to say Will Barton. It really, really does because he's just never been healthy. So for the sake of health and wanting it, this isn't what my head is saying, but my heart says Will Barton is going to be the guy this year. That's what I would say.
1: That's a good one. I, I think I would go. Oh man, you're really putting me on the spot here, Jerry. I know this this wasn't on the rundown. I think uh, I think if I had to had to say a name, I'm gonna go with man. It's see, it's a split for me between Bones Highland and PJ Dozier.
2: I like PJ. That's a good one. But I
1: think PJ Dozier has a chance to potentially. Okay, I'm not predicting that this is going to happen, but I think if he kind of hits that ceil- ceiling, that peak, he could be in that discussion for sixth man of the year type. They of guy. really, they really like him, yeah, and and Malone really likes him. I could see him closing a lot of games, even though he's not going to start. He, I, I could see him closing a lot of games. He really likes him. He's when PJ Dozier is at his best, he's a great two way basketball player. I mean, he's a great. He's a pretty good on ball defender. He's he's good at getting in passing lanes. He's Good with the ball. He's dangerous enough with the ball to where you can't just slouch off of him and he'll he'll beat you on the drive. He can shoot a little bit you know I think uh, PJ Dozier I want to go with PJ Dozier that that would be my <laughs> right, a long-winded PJ yes, Dozier talks answer. yeah well because yeah. I like Bones Highland too and, yeah, I, and I, I love to and see I, what he's that's, got. that's
0: kind of the name I'm going to throw out there because I do really think everything we've seen and heard from him I think he does find his way to work himself into this lineup and he's proves really he's somebody that can be counted on and so I think we're really going to be talking as the season grows about him and, and what he can provide for this Nuggets especially when they're back to full strength the other name I just want to throw out there that I think is going to have a really good year and I don't know that it's going to necessarily be a surprise based on the contract that he just got, but it's Aaron Gordon. I really do have high expectations for how he fits in this. I've said last year on the show when we first got started on this that I see him as a Kenyon Martin type role on this team he's the energy he's the one that can throw down the big dunks i think he's a good defender he's also a guy that can do something that Kenyon martin couldn't do and that's shoot the ball a little bit and i think you're gonna see him shoot the ball better than he did for the nuggets last year that was one of his kind of lower uh three-point shooting percentages uh when he came over to the nuggets so i think that that's a player that you can really expect to prove he's worth the contract that he's getting
1: this year okay I, I like that pick, but can I just say he has the ugliest looking jump shot. It is. It is. It, it, is, is, un- so it is unusual. Yeah, but but it works. No, he works.
0: makes, he makes it weirdest jump shot ever was Marcus can uh, yeah, that, like, yeah, That's a good
2: one. Reach over and
1: like shot. How about Sean Marion,
2: dude, uh, Sean Marion. I always thought Vashawn Sean Leonard kind of had a weird shot. Oh, yeah. Very much a set shooter, but
1: honestly, it, you know what? Kevin Durant doesn't have a very pretty jump. He's shot. He's just so tall. He's so long. The, yeah. the Paxton
2: Lynch <laughs> is tall. He's <laughs> <Yeah, very> so <laughs> tall. Yeah, very tall. Who's taller. Kevin Durant or Paxton Lynch. Well, it, it, we'd have to ask Vance Joseph. Oh, that's true. You know what? I never understood sure. about Kevin basketball Grant's like 610. Well, I think he's <laughs> I think he's actually I think he's seven feet. He's could tall. be wrong. I'll check. He's tall. Um, I never understood why it was so important to start a basketball game because it doesn't matter if you start. I always thought who who's finishing the game. That's what I was. Oh, yeah, for that's just sure. so weird about the Will Barton thing. Like you're finishing games. So I don't get
0: it. You're totally right because I was a good. Guy to throw in to start a game because I wasn't any good, but I would piss off some kids, get some fouls, kind of get the team fired Immediate up. Immediate enforcer, bit, and then they'd sub me out. Yeah, you know that's you see what that I was guy. Hit that guy. Yeah,
1: exactly. Jared and I played on a, a basketball team together in the Silver Crown years. Yeah, until oh. Connor
0: got good and they invited me the old
1: crowd. I think he must have had a growth spurt no gross <laughs> bird i was a i was a guard believe it or not well but
2: connor's I, connor's uh, left-handed so I, i've always got so the left I. the left-handed so shooters I. it just
1: it just looks cooler it is. it's it's <laughs> it just looks. see
2: cool i don't know
1: i think
0: lefties look weird in everything that they do and who's your favorite left-handed.
1: left-handed nba player nick putting you on the spot
2: uh i liked michael red um, oh, go. Um, shoot i'd have to think about that well, there you go. Yeah, There's it's really not that many. I no, for as many no.
1: left-handed baseball players as you get you, in other sports, you really don't see it a lot. Now, you know where I never notice it hardly? I really... And this is maybe just because of my... I'm not as as astute at watching this sport, but in hockey, I don't actually notice the left handed players, but like apparently it's actually a really big thing having lefties yeah, versus righties. And, and, and
0: yeah. I think that's another one similar to baseball where you get a very much more even split of left versus right. And I don't know. I'm not going to get too much in the technical, <laughs> but I think that has to do with both hands well, being on well the Well, J- James the Harden is the
2: obvious answer, but I did like for like best player, but I did have to Google this. If I had to like pick, um, I would say Chris Mullen, uh, just because I used to watch highlights of him shooting threes. And then, uh, I, I really like Mike Conley too. Uh, but again, obviously the, the, the best player would, would probably be James Harden.
0: I forgot that James, James. Harden was left handed, actually.
1: There you go. So I knew I hated him for a, for a reason. <laughs> and I am a lefty. This is awful. Uh, anyway, Sarah, to get, to get back to, uh, you know, I was just saying, Aaron Gordon does not have a beautiful shot, but somehow it sinks in. You know who doesn't have a beautiful shot at all in the Nuggets either? I mean, I think it looks goofy as hell. It's Bones Highland. I think it just looks stiff and awkward, and somehow he rips it through. So I, oh, I, I love it. I but,
2: wonder what it's like having your arms just be so incredibly long.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah that's,
2: that's a good It just has to be so bizarre.
1: Like, is that weird for
0: you that you can, like, touch your knees when you stand? <laughs> like, is that or is it just
2: normal? Head, shoulders, knees, and toes, but you literally don't move. You just.
0: (laughs) Well, you remember, like Yao Ming, I remember there was that picture of him and i think it was a sports illustrator where he's literally just like standing holding the rim like oh. it's insane these guys how big and long they are
2: you know what i take it back actually my favorite left-handed player manu ginobili again fully did fully did google that but Ooh, uh, definitely definitely my favorite player
1: that's good that's all good. right hey I, before we get off the nuggets i i'm gonna i'm gonna put you guys on the spot for just a random guest trivia it's an easy easy peasy here for you not not a game or anything i just i'm curious so i have Five thirty eights projections from the 2021 for this season 2021 2022 in terms of playoff projections okay i want to ask you two questions where do you think the nuggets are in terms of percent chance to make the playoffs ranking right in all the nba right in other words, i'll give you the first one the bucks have a 99 percent chance to make the playoffs
0: so you want the percentage or where do they rank
1: yeah i'm just their percent chance to make
2: the playoffs
0: i'm thinking like We're like 75 80, right? I mean,
2: am I way low on that or for the sake of Devils being a devil's advocate? I think it's higher, but I'll say 65.
1: The Nuggets, according to 538, have an 88% chance of making the playoffs, which is one, two, three, four, five, six, seventh highest in in the league. And uh, they have a 7% chance to win the finals. Which is one, two, three, four. So you're saying there's a chance, which is seventh, also to win the finals, and that's actually a lot better than a million to one. Yeah. <laughs> no, here's what here's what really fascinated me. Here's an interesting. Hit. It is a lot better than a
0: million. So okay, real quickly though, before you get to that, if you still have it up, who yeah, are the yeah. teams ahead of the Nuggets on that list?
1: Uh, on the to make the playoffs or to win the finals, the ship, uh, the shorter one. Okay. Well, they're both seventh. Oh, they were? I so, wasn't listening. So we'll go, we'll go to make the playoffs. The Bucks have a 99% chance, according to 538, uh, once again. Then it's the 76ers with 96%. Really? Then it's the Jazz at 96%. And then the Suns at 95%. The Atlanta Hawks at 92%. The Brooklyn Nets at 90%. And then we got the Nuggets, followed by the Celtics, Mavericks, Trailblazers, Clippers, and Pelicans. The oh. Lakers according to 538 right now on their website I don't I like had to look I'm like is this a typo have just over a 50% chance to make the playoffs according to 538 interesting isn't that is not that... I mean okay. I just mind boggling the
0: teams that surprise me
1: most that obviously surprises me but the
2: Hawks up there hawks are good they're hawks hawks good. Are good hawks are good hawks are good
0: the they got 76ers we think they're there for sure i think they're there they're I number think, uh, two number two on that list I, yeah I,
2: I don't think i don't think there's any sort of drop off if they do or do not have simmons i don't think it matters.
0: Yeah. no and I, where where would you have them on your i don't know if we're calling this like power rankings necessarily but on their chance to win a championship you're saying they're right there number two
2: yeah mb's just so ridiculously good when he, he tries when
1: he when he's healthy
2: I think I, I I would put them as the same. I think the Hawks right. are pretty good. I don't really I, I'm hoping that the new NBA rules change a little bit of how guys like CP3 and Trey Young play with the flop in the fl- I hate that but I uh, you know I, now, I now that. just
1: to throw it out there just for the record here the 76ers you said to win the finals. Uh, they have a 9% chance, according to five thirty eight. The 76ers have a ninety percent or a, a, a 9% chance, whereas the Nuggets had a 7.
2: You know the best part about this is one game will happen, and then all of a sudden, those right. will be completely different.
1: Right. And, and and if you'll believe what they're saying, the Bucks have a 22% chance to win the finals at number one. Their number two to win the finals is the Clippers. And I know we have not been very high on them on this show, especially missing Kawhi for... Much of the year. Do we know if he's coming back or? Yeah, I
2: think he's coming back. They're saying like January, February, January,
1: February. Okay, so I I mean, I don't know if I agree with that, but hey, Uh, is there there. any
0: like anything? Statistically behind this, what is the data that compiles this list? Or this is this just like oh, it's eh. all no, it's, it's like it's like whose line is it anyway? It's
1: all made up. The points <laughs> don't no matter. Yes, no, there, there's a I don't have, I don't know even. But if there is this, data. Oh, it's it's five thirty eight for science. those who for those who might not know, it is a completely data driven analytics website for sports. You just got to be
0: careful, soaps and saying science because now when you say science, people think you're like kooky and you're, <laughs> you're putting on your
2: conspiracy theory hat. Okay, uh-huh. hey, by the way, Kevin Durant six foot nine
0: six foot nine okay he's just long. i think his reach is his, like seven yeah, two or he's seven gotta two be or something. like seven six probably yeah. knowing these guys
1: uh, uh, one i'm oh, sorry we're we, gonna like, nope. keep going here i had one more for you guys okay. one more for you another one of these these silly type of type of things <laughs> so according to fanduel sportsbook right the nuggets uh so this is a list this is the top 10 teams in the nba championship market by handle right so these ten and handle for those who might not know means what percentage of all the money coming in belongs to this team to win the championship, right? So this is just what people the the world of sports betters are betting on who to win the championship, right? So I will tell you. The Nuggets are in the top 10 teams in terms of market share for how much percent their people are betting on them. They're in the top 10 teams. And these top 10 teams combined make up 91% of the market share. All the other teams make up 9%. So where do you think the Nuggets would be in terms of on that top 10 list in terms of how many people are betting on them to win the championship this year?
2: 7%. We're talking percent, or where do they
0: rank? Let's
1: let's say where they rank, and then you I'm can, gonna say you can do a percent too.
0: Six in the top, six out of the top ten.
1: Okay, Nick, eight out of the top ten. Six out of the top. Boom! 10. So the so I can't it goes, get, I can't get a Red Rock Red Rocks uh, <laughs> weekly draft win, but I can no. nail that one. So we got the Lakers have 37 yeah, percent of the naturally. market share, of course. Uh, then you got the Nets at 14 percent, obviously. Warriors at 11 percent. Duh. The Bulls at seven percent. They like the Bulls this year. <laughs> people are like people are all in the Bulls. It's a big market. People love the Bulls. They always love the they Bulls. Got and they love Bulls. they do. Yep. And then you got the 76ers at six percent. Nuggets at five percent. Notably below the Nuggets are the defending Western Conference Finals, Phoenix Suns at four percent. The defending NBA champions, Bucks at three percent, the New York Knicks at 2%. And knickerbuckers. And then the Boston Celtics wrapping it up at 2%. I presume everybody else has 1% or less considering it's 9% for 20 teams or whatever. So... There we go. No, I just I thought that was interesting that that enough people were high on the Nuggets this year to where they are, you know, right there in the middle. And I thought it was interesting that the Nuggets have more money coming in on them
2: than the Suns or the Bucks. Well, so us just agree that the Suns had the easiest path to the finals last year. Everybody and their mother was hurt. I think what gives the Nuggets some clout. Are you putting ill wishes on people's mothers? It's (laughs) uh, it's You know, (laughs) the Nuggets have some clout with first first MVP. You know, there's some clout there. They got they got the reigning MVP. He's going to be just as good.
1: Yeah, yeah, no. I just thought it was interesting, and and we'll see how it how, how it shakes it, up. It's it's telling for me, and it
0: probably shouldn't be, but like the number of obviously, I'm not going to say they're bad bets, but like that surprises me. The amount of money that's coming through on certain teams that, as you're comparing to where a lot of people have in power rankings and and expectations over the season, really doesn't match up with that list really at all. I mean, there's, there's obviously some within that top 10, but there's quite a few that I would think that, that if we were to go around the table, we're not talking about legitimate championship aspirations. No, I don't, I don't
1: think anybody other than a diehard Chicago bulls fan is going to put the bulls as the top four best odds to win a, a championship. But then again, this isn't a list of showing the best odds. It's showing how the, much the, money people are putting on it. So, So the sports book actually sets the odds. I don't know what the bulls are, but people are looking at that price and saying, hey, I like that. My $100 gets me this amount of money, right? juice is worth the squeeze. Right, exactly. So I don't know. I just thought that was interesting. I thought it was fascinating that the Suns and the Bucks were both just so far down. I mean, I guess that shows you, you know, smaller market teams and and, And and what people This, folks,
0: is why (laughs) professional sports leagues want teams in big markets, because it drives money. Do we need to get that
1: conspiracy music back on? No, there's know, no conspiracy you're there. You're that right. Is it's fat. right here. <laughs> you're, right. you're right. No, I, I like it. And so we we'll-
0: actually will kind of touch on that topic a little bit later when we get to talking to the Broncos and their ownership situation because that is a topic of discussion here in Denver. Uh, but before we get on to that, I do want to throw in a little bit of a game here, um, which we should have some game music somewhere. We'll hit that. Um, we're going to do a little bit of a game related to the Nuggets, okay? And what we're going to call this is this season or another season, okay? And these are all headlines that will come out on local newspapers, websites, things like that. And what you guys need to tell me is, was this said this year being 2021 or was it said in a previous year? We're talking about last season.
1: No, no, this no. season. This 20 21. It
0: doesn't necessarily need to be about this season or last season. Was the
1: actual headline... From 2021. From 2021, or was it from a previous year? Perfect. So, therefore, it could have been playoffs this last playoffs, right? Correct. Perfect. Okay, now, question, Jared. Are we going to go back and forth each taking turns with a chance to steal? Or, no, you can't do a steal. So, are we just going to do, like, a buzzer type of thing? Do I need to practice my buzzer skills?
0: I think that might be... Uh... The way to go here is we'll just go, we'll go buzzer and we'll, or just give me a, just uh, give me a, Hey, how are you? Yeah. How about we just say it? The first one to yeah, say first it. First one to say it. Get okay. it out there. Get all it out there. Be right. quick. Okay. All right. First one here. Five reasons the Nuggets will win the NBA
2: championship. This season. Last season got this season <laughs> for Nick Soper's pop pop 2021. Pop pop. That was maybe what, maybe what we'll do is, is I went first now you go. Alright,
1: yeah, let's do that because otherwise it's just the other person. Then is, I would just I would it, just okay. win every time. Okay. Yeah. I don't plan these <laughs> yeah, things in too. advance.
0: I'm glad you guys can work it out yeah, so you know teamwork. Teamwork. we're working. Worried about Michael Porter drop off this season?
1: Last season. That was 2020.
0: Boom! Connor nails it. 2020. It's MP 2020. Bay. That's a
2: layup question for Connor. Yeah, totally. MP totally. Bay. <laughs>
0: Nuggets championship clock
2: ticking this season. No tough.
0: It was do it. Do we want to give Connor a chance? Can <laughs> you tell me the, here, let's
2: see. can you tell me the year he was? was he set? was mouthing. He was mouthing this year. That's why I chose it. No, I, I was not. Can you tell a me? The year?
0: <laughs> if you can tell me the year, then I will give you the, the credit on the point.
2: Oh, uh, that would
1: have been in 2020. No, no, we're talking the mellow. We're talking mellow. That's mellow. You're tricky. 2010. That was so. All right. All right. So,
0: so far we got each of you guys have one. Neither of you got a point on that last one there. Uh, Next one. Can the Nuggets win in Crowded West? Nikola Jokic says yes.
2: This season. I am going. It's my my turn. Oh, no. No. You went.
1: You just got it wrong. And I guess the year. Oh yeah! Oh wow! I'm yeah, gonna right. so I'm gonna <laughs> guess I'm gonna guess not this season. Previous season,
0: <laughs> and it's a good thing you led him to the right answer because it was in a previous <laughs> season. Okay, that was 2019 that you said. It was that. a test. You passed. Okay, yeah. Connors up two to one. Then even though Soaps tried to cheat him out of it,
1: <laughs> <laughs> typical <laughs> allegations. Uh, typical.
2: Okay, we make. have
0: two more here. Okay. The Nuggets will rule the Northwest Division from their perch atop the mountain.
2: Not this season.
1: Usop's, you're struggling, buddy. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so Yikes. do we? That's uh, no, so now. he just got a last question. Well, no. Oh, do you want? You want to? Should I give Nick a chance to
2: tie? Yeah, give me a chance to tie. Okay, go ahead, Nick. Go ahead. What? Ye- what year was that in?
1: Well, no, Wait. we know it was this Well, I know. I was trying, so I, I was trying to set
2: myself up for a guarantee. Oh, health. I get
1: it. I you're get right. it. I get what you're trying yeah, to say. Try, yeah, I was trying. Yeah, I was trying. Okay, but never
0: nah. mind. Sorry, thinking too much. Okay, last one. Who said this on being the best dunker on the team? I'm not going to say I'm the best. I think what people like about me is I give them a little flair.
2: Kenyon Martin. I know what everybody wants to say, but I'm going to say. Go ahead. Tell, tell us if he's right. Go ahead. No, because I uh, want you to each say the player.
1: So, who do you think? If you're. So, you, he says Kenyon Martin. He said Kenyon.
2: So, it's up to you. From not this season. I'm going to say Jokic because he's the judge.
1: Oh, that's a good one. I, ah, that's a good one. Um, he's
2: right. You're both wrong, no, no, actually. No.
0: Do you guys want to know or
1: do you going
2: to go a guess? No, just tell
0: us. He's on the team currently, Aaron Gordon. Gordon. But, no. No. <laughs> It's actually, from Will Barton. Oh Ooh, Will Barton. Okay. So for yeah. the for the final, or I guess he we'll go I got two, two to one. Yeah, two, two points. Two, two points. Two points. Oh, two points. Okay. Two what points. year did he say that? 2019.
2: 2020. No, it was 2015. <laughs> that, was, uh, that was terrible. I thought uh, I thought uh, we'd no. go for that one.
0: Okay, Connor gets the win. Sort of backs his way into it, but way to
2: go, Connor. Woo! Yes. Yes. Connor's good at these little games. And he knew the questions. I can already tell there's I'm good conspiracy. because Nick is bad. True.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Just kidding.
0: All right, before we move on to the Broncos – we can kill the music here and want to remind everybody that we are of course a part of the woos media podcast network if you want to find other woos media shows you can find them at w o o z e media.com that's woozmedia.com. and we can't get out of here guys without talking about the train wreck that is the denver broncos
1: are the wheels falling off guys yeah.
2: <laughs> what is yes? Hey, can for can 600? I just give
1: a can I give a content warning to to all of our audience out there? If you are you know sensitive to you know uh, negative talks about the Broncos, you might want to turn off now. If you if your day is going to be ruined about listening again to the Broncos talk about the, as the Broncos lose their third game in a row, this one to the Oakland Raiders.
0: Connor got so hot that that so, so had to try to flip his mic off. Yeah. It's, okay. Yeah. it's okay,
1: guys. It's okay. Now uh, we'll we'll mm-hmm. let him get it out. I have the wheels fallen off. We are who we thought we were. That is that is what I'll, I'll, I will steal. I will alter that quote a little bit and steal it for myself. Uh, <clears throat> yeah, I definitely think the Broncos are showing their true colors. They're showing... I mean, you go back... Go back on the show a a few weeks ago before this. I mean, I had predicted eight, nine games. You know, I predicted an eight game. And after the three games, I was like, oh, maybe I'm going to get that Teddy tattoo on my butt cheeks. But you're feeling pretty confident. I'm feeling pretty good back on my original thing. Yeah, it's... uh it's it's a shame, man. I mean, you know, the biggest disappointment on this team by far has been that defense. You top paid defense in the NFL. And I mean, what what is it against Oakland this last week? Six plays. It was either five or six plays over 30 yards. Not acceptable. The The coverage is getting beat consistently. You, I mean, you obviously expect a couple rookie mistakes here and there from Sertan, but he's not even been the worst player in coverage. He's not the problem. You are seeing... Justin Simmons continue to play like he got paid and turned off the light switch. I mean, I don't. I hate to be that critical of him, but there's no other way for me to describe what I am and, seeing. And you with want to believe
0: eyes. that guys don't do
1: that, but this is not
0: the same player that we've seen playing the last couple of years. It, and I'm trying to think to myself: Are they using him in a different role? Is he out of position? Is he not doing something he's comfortable? With? But I can't figure it out. He's just constantly out of position. And that's probably my biggest takeaway with this defense is a lot of these plays, it's not like... Oh, one guy just just blew the cover. Like this is a total like blown assignment. They're out of position. It's like they're outsmarting themselves and creating these wide. I'm like, if your defense is this complicated that your players can't even figure out where they're supposed to be, I think maybe we need to simplify some things because it's not that the guys necessarily aren't playing man to man straight up okay. It's that they're constantly so far out of position. I have to think this is something that is off schematically that is, is being misinterpreted on the field.
1: Yeah, no, and I, I think uh, that's a good point. And I, but I mean, hey, I have seen just flat out burning. I mean, so Alexander Johnson, who actually before Sunday's game was number two pro football focus in the NFL uh, in terms of linebackers. He was he was the second highest graded linebacker in the NFL. Now granted, he is now hurt for the rest of the season. Uh, once again, I mean our linebacker room is just depleted at this point. But I saw Alexander Johnson get absolutely burned in man-to-man coverage. I've seen Darby got burned once in man-to-man or at least once in man-to-man coverage this last weekend where a ball was underthrown, he jumped to try and grab it. Yeah, if he would have yeah. jumped on timey, he might have had an interception right, right there. Didn't get it. It's his first game back after injury. I'll cut him a little bit of slack on that one. Um, But you're right, Jared. A lot of times what we're seeing is we're seeing late over-the-top coverage or non-existent when it seems like the cornerback is looking for that support from a deep safety and it's not coming, you know? And so, it's hard for the average viewer to just look and be like, hey, what was Justin Simmons' assignment on that? Sure. But I can tell you this much, when it keeps happening over and over again, there's no way that zero of this blame is going to Justin Simmons. And part of the blame
0: needs to go to this defensive line because they are not getting any pressure and is not helping a secondary that is just getting outperformed. And Von Miller was absent in that game last this last weekend. And, you know, typically he has played very well against the Raiders in the past. And I think that's crucial. Uh, you know, when your secondary is struggling, you need to lean on those guys to make sure that the quarterback does not have all day to throw. And And I'd be curious to know, and maybe it's something we'll, we'll look into in a future show, is Von Miller's production, when he has the likes of Elvis Dumerville or DeMarcus Ware or even Bradley Chubb across from him versus when he is the focal point of the defense and i have to imagine those numbers are, are very very skewed and obviously that's easy to say oh you don't have a hall of famer across from you but i just man i feel it feels like von miller is missing a running mate and he just does not have it in the tank to to make it happen on his own right now
2: i think this is the trade off for when you have such an easy schedule to start the season as you have on i hate to say unrealistic you have a lot of people that say you know, six and t- six wins in a row. We can start five and one, six and one, all of that. Broncos are in a tough spot and got a game Thursday. Baker Mayfield doesn't know if he's going to play. Nick Chubb is out. I, I actually don't know if Nick Chubb is out for this game. He he, he and I thought I out. heard Kareem Hunt. Kareem Hunt, is, Kareem out. Hunt is out. Yeah, ODB's out. Too. And we're still going to two of their tackles. Yeah, it, it, it's just, it, it'll be interesting to see what happens. You would have thought we would have won against the Steelers. I think week two after that our reaction i had brought up the fact there's energy they seem excited they're all over the place for some reason it's just just not not explosive it it, that that would be the word is non-explosive
0: and i think on this show i don't i I can't really speak for you guys but i feel like for me my expectations throughout this process have not really ever changed on what i saw for the season i mean I, i said from the start you know eight nine win season I still look at this team now and I believe they can end up in that range now maybe I'm starting to see a little bit more on the lower end of that range Mm -hmm. maybe we're talking more like six seven wins but it's still kind of the team that we thought we had going in the season and unfortunately I, I think we're starting to see that Teddy Bridgewater is certainly not the answer not not that a lot of people thought that he was but We asked last week, when will the fans start to turn on him? And
1: I think they're starting to turn on him already, guys. He had a rough Connor, are you turning on him? Now, let let me just say something here. I have been pretty vocal at the beginning. I I was all aboard Team Teddy. Let's go. Let's get this thing going. I'm a fan, right? I want Teddy to do well, but I've been pretty vocal and consistent since the very beginning that Teddy Bridgewater is not the guy, right? He's not going to be the guy. He's not ever going to be the guy in this league. And, And so... I think we're just seeing that now. Now, I actually am going to push back a little bit on you, Jared. I am seeing when I'm scrolling through the the highly intelligent, very reasonable people of Twitter and and <laughs> social media, uh, what, I, what I'm seeing go through. I'm actually seeing a lot of support for Teddy. A, a ton, actually, like an overwhelming amount, because because someone will say something like, "Hey, I told you so." Teddy's not the guy. Whatever. Someone will make some, you know, smart ass. remarks. I guess all the people that I
0: follow on uh, Twitter and Facebook are uh, the uh, Drew Locke apologists. <laughs>
1: yeah, yeah. Well, so you follow Connor. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you follow me and all my uh, ghost accounts now. Right. Yeah. So so well, I'm just I'm just like scrolling through, right? It's just seeing random people that I don't follow, and I actually see a ton of support for Teddy Bridgewater. And I ask myself, if this was Drew Locke in this position, that I just had three straight it games is. like this, d- um, the outrage that we would see from Broncos country, it wouldn't just be like,
2: eh, we're starting to get out of the you say
0: that like that's some anomaly that shouldn't exist. I'd say a majority <laughs> of people didn't want Drew Locke to be our quarterback.
2: I think there is such a clear difference in level of ability between Locke and Teddy. I think that has to be taken into account too. They see him in practice all the time.
1: Well, well, clearly. Let me let me at least put it this way. So, uh, if if anyone hasn't seen it, I think you can go see this video. Uh, Teddy Bridgewater is injured. He is he's he got rolled up on on his ankle foot. He actually was talking about how it went numb. He his foot went numb, and now he's you know now he's in in pro he's in uh he's questionable for the game. And Great. there's actually a video out there of him getting off after practice. Uh, I think this was this I think this was today Tuesday. Where he's stepping off the podium, he couldn't even put any weight on the foot. He's like jumping onto his other foot to get down off the podium and then just limping heavily, right? And by all accounts, he is, I mean, he is really banged up. he He can hardly walk at this point. And to put that in perspective about what the Broncos truly, you read between, well, yeah, we're confident with Drew Locke, but let's read between the lines here to have Teddy Bridgewater that banged up and that hobbled. and then, Vic getting on the podium today and at, and saying, "Yeah, I think he's gonna play. Yeah, you know, I'm a little concerned, but uh, you know, I think he's gonna play. he's gonna he's gonna go out there. He was out there with the ones. he was doing the walkthrough. What does that tell you about how this coaching staff truly views Drew Locke? It tells me I need
0: more conspiracy theory music, okay? <laughs> because Teddy Bridgewater, coming off of his worst performance of the year, okay, He has three interceptions and a lost fumble. And he needs an excuse when he's walking out the podium. People go, ah, <laughs> oh. he's banged up, man. Of oh, course. got rolled up on. Obviously. Obviously. No, I do. I, I kid a little bit with that because I don't actually think he's faking this injury. Uh, but I I think, Connor, you're reading too much into this. I say that because, man, these guys go hard for, for four hours and then you take an hour or so you tighten up your body's hurting you're not you're, you're you're trying to go get yourself home i i think he's hurting after the game i think we're gonna see him come out and be just fine leading into this game on thursday i don't expect to see him hobbled well so. and, and adrenaline definitely plays a sure. major role i mean sure but i
1: but to answer your question and whatever uh, the heck how, heck else they like give them about where their is.
0: confidence level is with drew lock i think it is a abundantly clear that they did everything they could through the concussion protocol uh, per the league. You know, they did everything by the rules, but they wanted to make sure Teddy Bridgewater was their quarterback. We talked about on this show whether that was a good
1: idea to have a quarterback that didn't practice with the team all week still go out yeah, and play. Yeah, he, he came back, and and I was wrong. He he did play even though he did not practice all week, and he came in right at the end. Uh, to, to your credit there, Producer so, Nick, so you had now, that one right. They did play him. A little
0: hobbled ankle, foot. Shh, you kidding me? They're not bringing Drew Locke in unless they can't put Teddy Bridge. On the I mean, I, I,
1: to, to me, it just says more about how they view Drew. I mean, they can they can sit up there all they want. Shermer was up there today talking about, oh, I have every confidence in the world if Drew Locke comes in. And he says all the right things, and they say that. But then you see what their actions, and it just speaks louder than words. My question is why I mean if that's how you feel about this quarterback right I don't see why he's even on the team right now. I don't I don't see my, why you're not trying to, to move him.
2: My counter to that would be he's been in the offense knows at least what's expected of him they can keep the playbook open they, they don't have to strip the playbook down, you know, they can keep it open. So,
1: yeah, I mean, I, I agree. And I, I think that he is a, a fine backup for us in this particular year. I really do. I've said that before. I got a little flack for it, but I do think just he's a fine backup for the, for those reasons, for those reasons. I think he knows the playbook well enough and he's, you know, but I, Hey man, uh, I just think it, that's my biggest takeaway from seeing how they're handling this and the concussion protocol and everything. I'm just like, Hey, they do not have confidence in true law. We,
2: we can agree that locks out next year.
1: Hundred percent. Is this it, the end it, of his contract?
2: I'm or not. Does he have one more year? I want to say this is it. Uh, let me see.
1: I think that I think this
2: is it. I think because
1: well, he was a second round draft pick, so he doesn't have a fifth year right. option. So yeah, I believe this would be. Yeah, this is year four. I believe this would be okay. it. Yep.
0: So at yeah, I, I agree. I, unless unless he is gonna sign a backup deal, I, I again I familiar with the offense with the team, it wouldn't totally surprise me. But I see the Broncos moving on from him next year.
1: Yeah. Well, I would see a, I would I would like to see a trade before next year. If that's where we're going. I wish they would have
0: traded him when they picked up Teddy Bridgewater. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I think that was when you had some value when nobody knew what you were going to do in the draft that you had the opportunity to kind of spin it and, and maybe get something
1: before people realized you were out on, but I will say this. Okay. I am making a plea to Broncos nation out there. The listeners, I am making a plea, please for the love of God, stop making these excuses that I see for Teddy Bridgewater. I have seen everything. Well, how do you expect him to throw? I mean, it's the same same crap, to be honest, to be fair. It's the same stuff I saw with uh, Drew Locke last year, right? There's people just like, or Tim well, Tima before. our offensive line can't play, and we have a terrible offense, and it's Shermer, blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, okay, that can all be true to an extent, right? But But let's just not keep letting this guy off the hook because otherwise we're going to end well, up in a situation like we were last year where there's going to be this whole coaching I think, staff and portions like, hey, maybe he can be the guy still. Like,
2: I think what we need to remember is that Cortland Sutton was hurt. Big time injury last year. He's coming back. Tim Patrick is not really a second. Like he's not your second best receiver. So I think this highlights how big that the Judy injury was too. I know it's been a couple weeks. I know he's working his way back, but things for things to consider is it certainly seemed like at least the first game that that was that was his guy. And I believe
0: he is eligible to come off IR this week. I don't know updates on exactly where he's... Are happening. you talking about Judy? Yeah. yeah. He was
1: eligible last week, okay. I believe. And they so they will have to activate him, I believe, by tomorrow, Wednesday... Uh, so by the time you're listening to this, I think you guys will all probably already know if yeah. he's actually on the 53. They have a remaining, I think, two weeks to activate him. Okay, uh, that that's their their deadline, and so we should see him here within the next couple weeks. Uh, Vic has said that he has a very slim chance of playing this week. So,
2: okay, next couple games for the Broncos. They've got the Browns, obviously Thursday. Be curious to see how that shakes out. Then Washington. I, I think I could tell you. That's <laughs> then Washington, very winnable, and then you got Philly who they definitely, definitely seem to be playing from behind every time I watch them play.
0: Uh, so. Looking at this immediate matchup with the
1: Browns. Um, Sorry, Jared. I'm, I'm pointing at Jared like like yep. he's some sort of a megaphone god over here. Uh, before we just move on, because I do want to look at that Browns, uh, I just wanted – I know there's not many, but I want to touch just – a little bit on a couple bright spots here for, for the Broncos this last week. We got to end a little bit of this recap of this game with a little bright spot. I, I would okay? love for you to Start touch on, on
2: it. Out of, of the week. Oh, there Start it is.
1: The there it is. So, it would not be right to you, Broncos Nation, if we did not at least attempt to come at you with a couple bright spots in last week's game against the Raiders. It's hard to find, mind you. Okay? Um, but I do want to bring attention to a couple things, and these are all courtesy of Pro Football Focus. Okay? Cortland Sutton got his 51st target of the season uh, during the Raiders, and that is the most targets of any wide receiver without a drop in the NFL this season. 51 targets with zero drops recorded by Cortland Sutton. Did he have a drop issue coming out of college? I
0: know the, the Broncos have had a couple. I remember Judy last year. I know Fant before. I don't, I don't
1: he, think he did. Didn't he have was, any issues Nope, he had with some that. good okay. hands, and yeah, seemed, seemed good. So he's, he's doing well there. The number one rated player for the Broncos from Pro Football Focus last Sunday. Wait, hang on, just for the Sunday? Uh huh. Okay, Soaps, guess who's
0: the highest rated Bronco last week? Javante Williams.
2: No,
1: it's got to be Cortland Sutton, right? He's number one. With the curve ball.
2: Here comes the curveball.
1: Garrett Bowles with oh. an, an eighty-two point one grade. So he had an eighty-four point one pass blocking grade, which was sixth. Sixth among all tackles in week six. And he had only one pressure allowed in 50 pass blocking snaps. You know, it's funny because that's another one that
0: Broncos country is very quick to jump on. Very quick. And I saw quite a bit of people digging at Garrett Bowles and his performance.
1: All right. We got, no, I, I agree with you, Jared. And, and, and so, Hey, it's nice to see him have a kind of a bounce back game there. Last one I got for you and I'm triple dipping. When do I ever do that? I never triple dip on stat of the week, right? Just you can't kidding. triple
2: stamp a double. Hey,
1: uh, you're getting back to, to local stats. So <laughs> yeah. you get as
0: many as you yeah. yeah. go. Here we
1: go. So last one, Javante Williams is third in the entire NFL in terms of broken tackles. Number one is Nick Chubb with 28. Number two is Derrick Henry with 26. Number three, Javante Williams with 22. And number four, James Robinson with 21. Okay, this is impressive for two reasons to me. For one,
0: Javante Williams is the only one on there not getting a prime... well, Being the primary ball carrier for his team and getting the, the majority of the carries. Secondly somebody's better than Derrick Henry at anything when it comes to running the ball. I had no idea. I thought he just led every category all the time. (laughs) Yeah,
1: no, he is. uh, He is an absolute beast. I mean, he is something, right? He is something. I was
0: talking with, with a friend of ours, you know, with fantasy football stuff and just looking at, I have Derrick Henry on my team and it's like, this is unreal. Like he is seriously on like, a uh, uh, pace that if he continues over the you know next 5 plus years like he's going to be an all-time guy we're talking about where with what we're seeing i think we all need to take a step back and enjoy watching that man play
2: what were we talking about at the beginning of the show just to kind of highlight how amazing emmett smith is
0: yeah so and i don't have the stats should right should we replay in front of the me. stat of the
2: week uh, no, know, no, no, um,
0: but Emmett Smith. Let me see you. play it real quick because I can pull up the stat. Well, I think quick. and
2: I think you said just to kind of paraphrase. We don't have to exactly look it up, but he is still he's in season. What five or six? Yeah,
0: I think Derrick I think, Henry, that yeah. is. Yeah, Derrick, Derrick Henry, Henry.
2: And then how many yards does he need? So uh, Derrick Henry, um, let me just look up career yards. Last night was absolutely ridiculous. He has
0: 6,643 career rushing yards. Okay. And I and I made the comment to a friend of ours and I said, "Dude, he's on Emmett Smith level." And he's like, "Bro, do you realize how far away from Emmett Smith he is?" Emmett Smith has 18,000 Career rushing yards. The all-time leader. Oh, yeah. It's fascinating. He is 12,000 yards. Derrick Henry would have to take the career he has had so far <laughs> and do that twice more. Yeah, exactly. To reach the all-time. Triple his numbers. Triple his numbers. That is insane. And I do think, based on his longevity of his career so far, how healthy he's been, I do believe Derrick Henry goes down as one of, say, probably the top five all-time great running backs in this league. But Ooh, ain't nobody ain't nobody
2: is touching Emmett. How much how much would it take for you to just not have him just run at you but to try and make a tackle on the sidelines? How much would that cost you? Okay. I cost would, somebody it wouldn't you?
0: cost me that much because I'm gonna hit the ground. Okay. Mm-hmm. I, if I if I hopefully sweep <laughs> a leg, I'll take it. If I get stepped on, it's not gonna be feel good, but it's gonna be better than taking a hit from mm. him. Real quick,
1: I- Oh, sorry. Oh, no. No, that is... I don't, I can't even imagine taking a hit from that man. He is uh, he is an absolute beast of a football player. I, I just... I, I had uh, another stat about Derrick Henry, but because I'm trying to get back on the Broncos stats, it didn't include it for the stat of the week, just for you, Jared, just for you listeners out there. Although, this is pretty impressive. So, Derrick Henry is now the first player to rush for 10 touchdowns in his first six games since 2005. And that's when Sean Alexander and Ladanian Tomlinson both did it. Sean, Sean Alexander Different a, a different era of the NFL for sure. Uh, it was a time when there was a much more workhorse running backs. And so it's pretty impressive that somebody in today's day and age can get something like that, 10 touchdowns through 6 games.
0: Do you guys see in our lifetime the the NFL game getting back to that in any facet? You know, I do. Run it run down. You do? Games. I do not. Oh
2: yeah, no, I do not. I do that's what makes yeah. what Derrick Henry's doing even more impressive. See,
0: I when I when I saw a team like the Ravens go all in on Lamar Jackson and building that team around him, I thought that may be one of those moves where all of a sudden, they have a lot of success. They maybe go win a championship or two. Other teams start to copycat that. And that's that's how it rolls, right? You know, I think you look back at the 90s. You look at a team like the Rams, who was who very successful in the 90s, pretty much not running the ball, utilizing Marshall Falk out of the backfield as a receiver, um, doing those sorts of things. So I think teams like that, when they are successful, going against the grain a little bit, is when you really do see that turn. So I think if a team like the Ravens were to be very successful, in the style of play that they have now. And obviously, I have to give a shout-out to Lamar Jackson, who I've called out on the show. He has been unbeatable as a passer, as a quarterback. I still want to see it again December, January. We'll talk. But he has been very impressive, and and a guy you're talking about probably is one of the odds-on
1: favorites uh, as the MVP here, okay? And and, uh, something that's interesting, too, just to kind of put into perspective how much the game is changing, right? John Elway... Home star hero over here is ninth overall in QB rushing yard leaders. Uh, now, when you look at like number 10 through 20, they're like all players that are like their first five years in the league as quarterbacks. I mean, seriously, it's it's all the, the Josh Allens and the uh, uh, Lamar Jackson's actually ahead of him now. But does that put it into perspective that yeah. Lamar Jackson's like at that level? I mean, John Elway had a very long career and he was considered at the time to be a pretty good rushing quarterback. Quote: I say that in quotes. Because he's not Lamar Jackson. He's not Michael Vick. Michael Vick, by the way, is number one on that list. Um, not surprisingly. So he's, so he's not one of those. But John Elway was absolutely considered to be a rushing quarterback. And you put him in today's game, he wouldn't even be top 10 no, of these he, guys, he, yeah. No, he so, God, he'd
2: be so good in this era.
1: Oh, he, he would still be great. Uh, don't get me wrong. He would be fantastic, but he would not be considered to be... A, that rushing part of John Elway's game would not really be there. I mean, it wouldn't be in the same way that it is now, right? Nowadays, you just have all these rushing passers. You got the Kyler Murrays of the world. Even Josh Allen, right, is picking it up and running everywhere. So... And, and I think
0: it's smart, the the teams that utilize it, and especially if you do it strategically. I, I think there's certain ways you can run successfully with your quarterback. I think there's certain ways that it's stupid to do it when you're putting your quarterback in harm's way. But like Josh Allen, he's a big dude. He's, what, 6'4", 6'5", 240 pounds? He can handle – I mean, he's like Tim Tebow. He can handle a little bit of, of, of beating.
1: Lamar Jackson, you got to be careful with that. He's not a huge guy, you know, is all I'm saying with that. No, no, I know we were uh – See, see, this is what happens. We're so sad talking Broncos. We had to, we had to get yeah. it off. <laughs> we had to spice it up. We had to <laughs> <off some laughs> plus Henry. the direction I want to take the Broncos talk, it just gets sadder. So let's
0: keep talking positive. <laughs> yeah. Stuff. Oh, well,
1: well, I, I kind of wanted to go into seeing. The next, I just re- real quickly. I know we're we're getting up against it here. We kind of got to wrap it wrap it up. I want to talk a little bit just about the Broncos moving forward for these next few weeks. What do they mean for this season? What do they mean for the coaching staff? And and what do you see happening here Thursday night and just a couple nights? So I guess I want to start. I start off. I just want to say. What do you see happening? Do you see the Broncos going into Cleveland and getting a win on Thursday Night Football?
0: Absolutely not. (laughs) I think that regardless of who starts and sits, provided that Baker Mayfield plays, I will say that. I don't know who their backup is. Who is their backup? Does anyone know? I should know that.
1: I should know that. For some reason, (laughs) the name Case
0: Keenum is coming to mind.
2: Drew Stanton. Drew Stanton. Ah, there you go. Drew Stanton.
0: Um, He's played some in this league, Um, but if – if Baker Mayfield's not on the field, the Broncos have a chance. If he is, uh, I I don't think this is going to be good. I think that the the Browns' defense. I mean, the Browns. I I don't know off the top of my head. I should have this in front of me. But they, what what is their record? Three and two.
2: I want to say it's three and three. I think they're. Three oh yeah, and three and
0: three. Right, right. We're through that many weeks now. Um, they have had a very tough schedule. They have played teams very well. Uh, this offense particularly is. Cooking and that scares the crap out of me with the Broncos. I just don't see them slowing that down, even without their top two running backs in there. And frankly, you know, the offense is kind of what we expected, you know, from from Teddy Bridgewater, from this offense. It's limited, and I'm have a I have, I'm terrified of watching this pass rush get after Teddy. I think it's going to be bad, guys, especially going on the road Thursday night. That's always tough. It's going to be bad.
2: And, and real quick correction, it is Case Keenum, whoever said that was correct. Sweet.
0: I knew it. Oh, like, there you go. So it's,
1: not, it's not. Okay. Okay. On it's that not note, then, with in. or without Baker Mayfield, I have the Browns winning this game. Okay, now now here's my question then if the Broncos go in lose this game, which I certainly don't disagree with you. I mean I, I don't really know, man. I, my my, uh, my hope has just been just thrashed too many times. I, I will put it this way. I will no longer be betting on the Broncos <laughs> to cover any spread, win any game until they get a quarterback in here. Um, smart play. but now let me ask you, if the Broncos go in lose Cleveland, okay? Do you think any coaching changes are made? I'm not saying Vic necessarily because I don't think I don't even think it's reasonable to ask if they'll fire Vic. Like they don't really have a backup plan. Do you think some sort of coaching? You don't need a backup up, plan if you're firing your coach. You want to lose, <laughs> so right? Okay, one. fair enough. But so okay, so I'll I'll include Vic in this guy. Any coaching change whatsoever is warranted after they lose if they lose to the Browns.
0: Warranted? Yes, I absolutely Will think it there should be. No, I don't <laughs> expect it to happen. I think we're. As long as the Broncos are anywhere close to 500... I wouldn't be surprised to see this whole staff ride out the whole season. Um, now, I think the 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 hot name that everyone's kind of calling for is offensive coordinator Pat Shermer. Um, I, I don't frankly know who you would fire defensively since Vic's the one calling the plays. I mean, I think that in and of itself is putting Vic even hotter on this hot seat that we, we all believe that he's on. I, I Guys, I think Vic is firmly on the hot seat after this game, but – I think he's last at least a few more weeks, if not the whole season. I, I think it's too early for them to actually pull the trigger.
1: Yeah, you know, I, I, I tend to think that Vic is here to stay for the rest of the season. I, I do believe that. I don't know who. I mean, what are you going to do? You're going to have Pat Shermer step up and be a head coach? I mean, I, I don't. I don't think. See, I think the only way that they make a a head coaching change is if they actually thought that it would help them. And, and I, I I don't see because if you're trying to lose games, Vic's doing that fine already. You that's, don't need that's to even, not a bad point. You don't actually. need to pull out Vic. You don't, give, Vic to you lose don't need games. to give
0: a spark to a team. No, no. Trying, I, and, and, and let's be clear: nobody in this front office or on this team is trying to lose games. We as fans, which I'm I'm waiting for a point in this season where my vibe turns and I'm like, well, what's the point of winning games anymore? We need a quarterback. We can go get a quarterback. And we're in and the top ten. Everyone's trying to win.
1: Everyone's trying to win. Now, now let, let let me say, I know exact point when that will turn for me. You only want to hear it? What? If the Broncos go and lose to Cleveland, and then they go at home to Washington football team on Halloween and lose that game, and, and, and I, actually, you know what? I was earlier like this week saying, oh, if they do that, but at least they look good. No. If you lose to Cleveland, you lose to Washington at home, and all of a sudden you have a five-game winning streak... I'm pulling losing the plug. or uh, Losing streak, rather. <laughs> Man, do I have wishful thinking. Uh, and then I think at that point, that is the time when I'm like, okay, let's put in Drew Locke for the rest of this season. Let's uh, eliminate a couple of our coaches. I mean, let's just, let's just throw this thing in the trash. Let's get a good draft pick. And let's start over. I mean, hey, we've been talking this way for five years. But that's my point for me, Jared. You said you're not sure, but you will reach a point. That's it for me. You lose these next two games, and you go on a five-game losing streak, I'm done. I'm off the bandwagon, and I'm all for draft picks, and I'm I'm all for turning the page on Drew Locke, because I will tell you this much. If we get into a situation where Drew Locke doesn't play this year, and somehow or another, somebody in the building kind of liked him still and wants to see him again, and he gets brought back for another season, I will seriously freak out i will lose my freaking mind so i'm saying if you lose these next couple games two to three games right you pull the plug you take t- teddy out you put drew in you see what you got with him you probably lose games you get a good draft pick you find your quarterback next year and you scrap this whole freaking thing and start over
2: i mean the fall guy is going to be donatel vangio has got to have he's got some levers to pull by week is week 11. For me, I don't think even if you lose against Washington, I think you ride it out. You probably start locked. So where is that th-
0: in relevance to the Washington game?
2: I want to say it's week – what are we in? Week six, seven, eight. So about three weeks. So you play out the month. You go through November. You continue to suck. You lose. He fires Donatelle. You finish out the season. Fangio's gone. That's generally, in my opinion, it seems to be because then you've got two weeks to prepare, switch things up. See, I'd rather have Shula call in plays than Shermer. I mean, I think Shermer should just
1: get out.
0: Yeah, I, <laughs> I cannot – I that I thought it was a bad hire when they made it. Um, his offense just hasn't been exciting or good in a long, long time. Um, It felt like a very Fangio move, to be honest, you, when they did that. Um, One thing I want to ask kind of on that topic, and we may dive into this a little bit deeper – Um, but I I do think it relates to the topic on how they handle the head coaching situation is this Broncos ownership situation. And it's something we really haven't talked about at all on this show. Um, but it's seeming more and more likely that the Broncos are going to be sold that, that, that the Bowen family is not going to work it out internally and name uh, a direct successor to Pat Bowen. That's for those out there who don't follow it, don't know anything about this. Um, The NFL requires you to have one single managing owner. Uh, The Broncos were granted an exception when Pat Mullen uh, began suffering from Alzheimer's. They have been run by a board of trustees for the last... Fifteen
1: years? I mean, ten years. It's been a while. Definitely not fifteen years. Okay, maybe that's you're right. When we maybe I'm, I don't I'm
0: know, but I stretching. think you're way. Off. I think we're right <laughs> at. It's like it's like
2: right five to ten years. Five
0: five day. It, it was it was around the time that they were competing in Super Bowls, and that's pretty much why the NFL said, "You know what?"
2: Was so that year six? We're like, yeah, six,
0: this sure. is working okay right now. Well, let's let it be. Well. Years have passed. Years have passed. The Bolin family has not resolved anything. Uh, There is a a bit of, you know. Just for the record, it was seven years. Seven years. Okay, so I was way off with 50. Seven years. Um, And anyways, so it's looking more and more likely in the next year to two years, the Broncos will possibly be sold. Okay? This is a huge thing. The Broncos team is currently valued at $4 billion. Dollars, okay? That is not what we call new money, Nick. That's what we call <laughs> old money, okay? Mm-hmm. Um, inherited money. Um, is that something that you guys think will impact how a guy like George Payton, John Elway, run this organization? Do they want to wait and see what happens with ownership? Do those guys even have jobs potentially if ownership changes? Do you guys think that has any impact on the decisions that they're making with their coaches in front office?
2: I generally don't think so. Owners generally speaking have a different outlook in regards to what they're needing from a a team. They got the GM in place who I think is well regarded. They have high expectations for he kind of came into a dumpster fire. Whoever takes the team is, is, is there as a fan, but also to make money right? We can agree on that. So does it matter? No, you're inheriting a team that has some pieces. You've got a lot of guys on expiring contracts. You've got a lot of um, coaches, things like that on expiring contracts that are in a position where it almost is like a clean slate. I don't know how you look at this situation. And as an owner, don't say so you've got a lot of pieces that you can move a lot of situations that you can adjust according to what you're looking for.
1: You yeah, know, I think I think from a, a potential buyer's standpoint, the Broncos are a very attractive option. has the longest sellout uh, home sellout record of any city. Now, I'm going to say that with a caveat because Lambo t- uh, uh, the Lambo technically has a longer sellout streak, but they actually played their games at a different field for several years. And so because of that, they broke their streak of in one city. But, It doesn't matter. With that said, the Broncos have a very strong attendance rate. There is a really good following across the country of Broncos fans. Even when they are terrible, there is a following of Broncos fans. I think it's a very attractive option for a buyer. And I think it makes a huge difference in terms of how the organization... I'll put it this way. It makes a huge difference in organizational success. You got to have somebody on top. There's a reason the NFL requires there to be an owner. There needs to be accountability. I mean, for, for what, seven years now, we've had Joe Ellis and the Board of Trustees at the top, and there's just been no accountability. No other you, organization. You start to
0: hear rumors of things, and I've heard things out there the last couple of weeks about... Uh, you know, decisions that weren't made, and things get leaked, and things like that. When you don't have one guy making the decisions on yes or no, this is the GM we hire. Yes or no, this is the coach we hire. It does. It becomes more convoluted and complicated. And I'm I'm glad that you bring up the destination that is Denver when it comes to football, to the NFL, because so many people I see when anything gets brought up about Denver, Bronco, the Broncos being sold, it's like, oh, someone's gonna move them out to Denver. First of all, NFL is not letting that happen. No. Okay. I think if you're talking about, you know, an expansion team that's going into a market that's not a huge market, I think you would point towards Denver and say, we need to mimic this. This is a best case scenario for a medium sized market of what you could hope for in the NFL. This is a a absolutely because of the fan base, because of the storied history and winning championships, competing for championships. I absolutely think that the, a lot of people would want to get on this. That price probably keeps skyrocketing. Oh, of course and, it does. And frankly, and it'll I set think a record. it might be the best thing for the Broncos. Oh, definitely. oh agree. The well, I agree. Well,
2: I guess the only thing, too, is is as a new owner, you come in, you get a chance. There's talks of a new stadium, not to move out of Denver, like well or Colorado, but definitely taking them out of the city and moving them yeah, over to Dove com- Valley. Commerce so, City. So That's there's the, Commerce City, Dove Valley, <laughs> things like that. So mm, yeah,
1: I wouldn't love that. I, I like the fact and that nobody downtown, would. I would actually prefer it to be moved somehow in a better downtown location. You, can, you uh, could also you, do. I know. Hey, well, no, I but know. here's the
0: thing you could do. Just is eliminate course play, field. We don't need it. You can <laughs> yeah, play <laughs> games, either be it at course field or at Dick's, which I know Dick's is much, much smaller oh, Under-
2: underrated, work. underrated fan base though. The Rapids there, if you guys oh, have yeah. never been to a Rapids game, Really, really fun, and I think they're pretty rowdy. good, aren't they? Yeah, they're good. Yeah,
0: yeah. but but I think uh, you could easily have games played, even say at Coors Field, for a season or two while you tore down and rebuilt on the same spot you're in right now.
1: No doubt, and and like you said, it's it's obviously it is. It really, truly is a one of the better franchises that somebody would want to purchase and own, and it's going to set a record when it when it sells. I mean, you know what I mean. But a lot of that's just because the the value yeah, of teams but keep the going. The Carolina
0: out. Panthers were sold for something like two point two billion. Um, that was less than a decade ago. So.
1: Right, right, right. But so it it will be a record setting sale, right? And right now you got Jeff Bezos and Jay Z. Rapper extraordinaire. I would love Jay Z uh, to come by this. So, team. so right now you have be Jeff awesome. Bezos and Jay-Z among some of the rumored front run- front runners for be for having interest in buying. And obviously, I mean both of them would be fantastic options in terms of they have the money, right? I mean, Jeff Bezos, four billion dollars. Jeff Bezos is worth 190 billion. That would be like if any of you guys out there or anyone anywhere you you make 50,000 a year, let's just say if for a, just to, for some perspective, okay? That would be like you paying if you make 50,000 a year, that would be like you basically buying it for like 1,000 bucks. Or yeah. if you had 50,000, I'll put it this way. If you were worth if you're worth $100,000, that would be like $4,000. Yeah, it's like a Vegas trip right there. You know, it's like, it's yeah. like, it's, not it's a tough
2: th- night at the craft table yeah, for sure. That's right,
1: <laughs> right, right. So, I mean, j- no doubt about it, this man has the funds. I mean, he could, he could probably be one of the most, it's probably one of the most unique situations to where this guy could actually pay cash 100% for the team. He probably could. He could, could move some things around, out like, those you know, hundreds? he could, he could liquid, you know. Get rid of some assets or whatever, sell some stock, and he'd have the cash. So uh, yeah, he
0: wouldn't need like an investment group. No, to go no, no. In I mean, him. he wouldn't
1: need it. He would still get it. And actually, they are talking about him and Jay Z potentially even teaming up in in an investment group for it. But. I think it's going to be huge. They're talking actually as early as next season, beginning of next season, this this team being sold on a timeline. I I think that's ambitious. Um, I yeah. think when it comes to yeah. things
0: like this, I actually think this drags longer than that. And that part of it, I don't think is great for the Broncos. If this were to say drag all through next season... I think it's really hard to move forward with a lot of the changes that, Nick, you were just talking about that we all feel need to be made. They need to move on from this entire coaching staff, frankly. I think every single last one of them should probably just be let go. Um, But that's hard to do that when you're a new GM and you don't know who your boss is going to be moving forward because are you bringing in a guy that then the owner says, nah, we're, we're moving on from him. Are you going to start having this issue? Maybe that's not a problem. Maybe you feel good enough with the structure of John Elway in place uh, with George Payton in place that they would be able to get their guy, bring him in, and then the new owner
1: will accept that and move forward with it. I don't know. I think you hope for a situation. I mean, obviously, Pat. I consider Pat Boland to be – uh, my bias opinion, admittedly, but I consider Pat Bowlen to be one of the three or four greatest owners. I, I don't think that's an opinion at all. That is fact. Yeah, that man <laughs> was
0: what not only what he has done for the Broncos, but what he, but did, what for he did for the NFL and for TV
1: and growing that market. Yeah, no he was doubt. huge. But so I think I think you hope for. Obviously, it's hard to say. Let's get another Pat Bowlen, but I don't mean necessarily with his success and what he did. But you want that type of relationship is I think what you're hoping for, rather than like a Jerry Jones relationship. Yep. And Jerry Jones. You know, for the record, I would also put him up there as a, as a really all-time great owner, right? I don't think he's anywhere a touching Pat Bowen, right? But he's as definitely long as we can establish that. No, no, mm-hmm. but he's definitely up there in terms of what he's done for the NFL, what it, so that kind of thing. But I his, hate personally I hate Jerry Jones even
0: more after he got inducted in the Hall of Fame the year before. Pat Bowen, and then Pat Bowen was suffering so bad from Alzheimer's by the time, you know, anything happened. I don't know if Pat Bowen had passed away by the time he was inducted or if he was just not really, you know, conscientious of what was going on in the the situations. Like, you freaking ruined it, man. You ruined
1: it. (laughs) It did. No, that was was unfortunate, and, you know, that was awful. But so I think you're hoping for that type of relationship where you have an owner who... Is very interested in building a winning team, but recognizes that he wants to get the right people in place to do the job of building the football team. And he stands and does the business moves and does the, you know, a lot of the promotion. He 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 helps lead the team. And Bolin did hold everybody else accountable, right? If you're not gonna get me a winning product on the field, then yes, I will hold you accountable. But I'm not gonna Jerry Jones. I'm not gonna Dick Monfort. It. Who I, I I can't believe I just put Jerry Jones and Dick Monfort in the same thing. I yeah, you did. It. You I literally just, just but, did, though. But, but 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 you're you're not gonna do what they do, which is I'm gonna go pick my quarterback, or I'm gonna you know what I mean, like like that would be hey, like any Jerry of us. Jerry Jones like, loved Paxton Lynch. He likes those tall quarterbacks. Tall. Yeah. Oh. So I know. Did you guys see Jerry Jones open mouth kiss his brother this past weekend?
2: By thank chance? God I did not.
1: <laughs> Sorry, did things I, I don't want to see. Did please. Okay.
0: Good. Now you give me. The 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 intro to Check get it out, out of that Check out of it that out. um but I, I I do want to and I think it's something we'll probably touch on as we move forward uh whether you know the situation as it develops it'll be a long term thing but how it impacts Broncos how we see that happen as we're moving forward here uh one last thing you brought up Jerry Jones it made me think how much do you think the Cowboys would sell for I, I don't know the Forbes
2: value on them or anything but like Se- it, six or seven billion would yeah. be my immediate guess I think when they do like world evaluations. They're not even close to the soccer players, but they're definitely the most valuable according to Forbes football teams by far.
0: And I just think when that hits an open market, what's, I mean, to a guy like Jeff Bezos, what's, What's $4 billion? It's going to his
1: kid, though, I think. No, no doubt. Hey, before we get out, because I know we're wrapping it up, I just want to correct we myself. We still have
0: to do our weekly draft, too, real oh, quick. Okay. Before we're gonna, well, be quick well I just want
1: to correct myself, because we like accuracy on this show. Uh, just in terms of the rushing yards, I talked about John Elway and Lamar Jackson. Lamar Jackson is actually right behind John Elway. Directly See, behind John him. Elway is so
0: much of a better running quarterback than Lamar Jackson. So, <laughs> so there you
1: go. So for right now, John Elway has more rushing yards than Lamar Jackson. Uh, and then the guys behind it are actually not necessarily the new up-and-coming guys. They're a little bit farther behind on that okay. list. So I just wanted to correct okay. myself, put it out there. Okay, There we go. Alright, interesting. We got about 10 minutes
0: here before we we're going to get out of here and I just want to touch on... Of, uh, I mean, it's embarrassing showing for me. We we keep doing these drafts week after week and I'm just... I'm not throwing out good guesses here. Okay, guys? I'm not throwing out good predictions. So last week we wanted to see who would be the leading solo tackler for the Broncos. Connor, you had Anthony Johnson. Unfortunately went down with an injury but did not... Either. Alexander Johnson. Alexander. Oh, sorry. <laughs> I didn't even notice it that I said it. Brain either. fart. Um, <laughs> uh, Kareem Jackson was the leading tackler. Soaps, so you had that. He actually tied uh, with both Darby and Sertan. And I had... Um, Justin Simmons who had <laughs> one <laughs> one solo tackle. Yeah, that's good. Yeah, he was a, was little, a big living up down. to that contract. Big tackle. I'm pretty sure it was probably after he had been beat, and so he was the only guy around. Had to, to make
2: it. That big time tackle. tackle.
0: Yeah. Um, so I want to have a little fun this week, okay? Uh, I want to get a little creative, okay? So hopefully this makes sense to you guys as we go through it, and I and I don't get too wordy in trying to explain it. I know I'm good at that, okay? So we're bringing three different categories into the equation here, okay? Broncos touchdowns, turnovers by the Broncos offense and special teams. So turnovers given up and sacks allowed by the Broncos. What I want you guys to predict, and I will be going first since I suck. I don't even care if that's a rule. I'm going Mm -hmm. first, which will be the highest, which will be the most. Will we have more, touchdowns scored by the Broncos, will we have more turnovers from this Broncos offense and special teams, or will we have more sacks allowed by this Broncos offense? Okay? And I'm going to go there. I'm going to go sacks allowed. Miles Garrett, Jadavian Clowney, they scare the hell out of me. I don't care if Garrett Bowles was the highest pro football rated focus. Sixth or highest. or For the Broncos, I mean, though. Uh, highest for the Broncos, uh, yeah. I think they're going to get eaten alive. I think Teddy Bridgewater or Drew Locke, whoever that is, it's gonna be a lot. I'm thinking like four or five sacks. Okay. Uh, okay. So I'm,
1: I'm bummed that you took that one because that was gonna be the one. With I think we With an ankle injury with, oh, with yeah. Teddy Bridgewater too. I think that's that's. I didn't even know about that when I set that either. I just knew that is looking good. Uh, I'm gonna definitely go with touchdowns by the Broncos offense. Oh. I'm gonna go optimism, baby. I'm gonna optimism. ride the optimism train. I'm gonna roll towards getting a Teddy Two Gloves tattoo right here, baby. So two t- two touchdowns. So soaps. You and get, it's gonna be more than get, the sacks. which was what my second Touchdowns. pick would have been, which you get the
0: turnovers. Fine. From this Broncos offense. Let's and go to Especially oh God, <laughs> no. especially if Drew Locke comes get in off, the boo. game. You're looking good. Boo. If Drew Locke ends up Feels, starting this game, I feel strong. Okay. About where I'm On not the season, about. by the way, guys, Connor, two, soaps, two. I suck, so I got zero, okay? I need to get a win on this one this week. So I'm not saying we want to allow a lot of sacks, but let's face the reality, guys. It's probably going to get a little ugly, and I'm going to try to benefit from it. Let's go
2: Drew. Okay. Let's go Drew.
1: Let's go offense. Let's Let's go anything.
0: Let's go Colorado (laughs) sports because we have a lot of good stuff to watch, guys. You got the Avalanche. We'll actually have already played by the time you guys watch it. Nuggets playing their first opening game. It's not that anyone can watch it. Yeah, don't worry (laughs) about that. The Nuggets game is on ESPN, though, so everyone should get that. All right, we're out of here, guys. We'll catch you next week.